This is the Daddy Saturday Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Daddy Saturday Podcast. I'm coming to you live from the quarantine and I have an amazing guest today who's going to give us some real practical dad advice on how to do everyday tasks that many of us dads just may not know how to do. I am joined by Rob Kenny. Rob is a Seattle native or lives in Seattle. He's raised two adult children and he's been married for over 29 years. The guy has uh, the credibility to help us all with dad how do I which is the name of his YouTube channel Rob has recently started this channel he's gotten a bunch of people commenting following talking about how they never had a dad show them how to do the things that Rob is showing them how to do and although I had a dad I'm learning from Rob too so it's awesome to have you on the podcast Rob glad to have the conversation and look forward to learning more about what you're doing with dad how do I thanks a lot Justin I really appreciate it appreciate you having me on the show excited to be here so Rob, you've got an amazing story. Uh, you shared it with me. Why don't you briefly tell the audience a little bit of your background so they can understand uh, where you came from and what started this genesis to do, Dad, How Do I? Yeah, so as I was sharing with you, I, I'm one of eight kids and I'm number seven. My dad started out well with the older kids and then just ran into a tough spot and got tripped up, unfortunately, and uh, it affected the younger kids. But when I was around 12, 13 years old, my dad just decided he didn't want to have kids anymore. I guess he was just, he was done. And my mom was an alcoholic. And so she couldn't take care of us. So my dad ended up getting a restraining order on my mom. And then dad got custody of us, but he was kind of off doing his own thing. I have a younger sister too. So I have a younger sister that's five years younger than me. And then I have a, a brother that's two years older than me and another brother that's three years older than me. And so I was 12, 13, and that kind of helps you with the, where everybody else was. My dad would come home uh, on the weekends and load us up with groceries and then be gone for a week because he'd met another woman that he was hanging out with. So anyway, like I mentioned to you, CPS would have him <laughs> these days, but this was the 70s, you know, so it wasn't really dialed in like I hope it is now anyway. But so we, like I shared with you, you know, we were cooking our own meals and we were doing whatever we could to basically survive. And uh, I even shared, I don't know if it's funny or not, but, you know, if we were legitimately sick, we actually got pretty good at forging my dad's signature so that when we had to bring a note to school while we missed school and <laughs> we wanted it to look like uh, it was from our dad. So anyway, I'm not here to feel sorry for myself by any means. And other people have uh, harder stories than me, of course. I'm sure, you know, thankfully we weren't abused, but it's kind of, <laughs> it is a fairly unique story. And as I was sharing with you, as I look back as an adult, some of the stuff we went through, it's just kind of interesting to see is that you just never know what people are going through. You know, we, I think we put up a pretty good front to our friends and acted like things were normal. And as a dad and as an adult, looking at other people and, you know, my kids coming home and saying, ah, oh, this guy's kind of a bully. And then I have more compassion on maybe a bully because I'm thinking what's going on at home. People probably said things about me, you know, and they had no idea what I was going through as a young kid. So anyway, been rambling a lot. I, I, uh, I really appreciate you having me on the show though. This is very cool, Justin. You, and I, I just got through reading your book, like I said, and I appreciate what you're trying to do to help dads. And uh, I think it's very important for the uh, future of our country and, and our world, really. Rob, I mean, it's one of the most incredible stories 
stories I've ever heard. And I mean, the fact that you and your siblings turned out the way that you did, and now that you're giving back to other fathers, just as a testament to who you are and the fact that you came out of that situation. I'm always intrigued by people who are put through unimaginable circumstances, and yet they focus on others and emerge from that stronger and better. And you're clearly one of those people. So you've got this YouTube channel now, and it's Dad, How Do I? So tell us about the channel and why you started it and, you know, how maybe your your upbringing or your childhood led you to want to do this to help other dads. Yeah, yeah, thank you. It's something my daughter, you know, I have a great relationship with my kids because, you know, that was my goal in life. I didn't have a goal of, you know, wanting to be wealthy. I mean, obviously money helps with things, but that wasn't my goal. My goal was I'm going to prove that I can do this and I figured out how to do things along the way, right? I learned from some of my brothers and picked up on things from them. And so, again, my big goal was to make sure I raised good kids who became great adults, which is basically what you said. I think, what did you say? Building good kids who become great adults. I, I love it. That's exactly what it is. I'm not trying to raise good kids. I'm trying to raise good adults, right? That's what I want to do. And so my daughter and I kind of roundabout way to say my daughter has been really encouraging me to start this channel for a while. And since we're all quarantined now, it was a perfect opportunity to do it. And basically, I just go to YouTube to try to learn how to do things myself. It's a great resource. And a lot of times I'll have to watch a 20 minute video to learn how to do something, you know, that really I just needed two minutes. And so I've done my best to try to make these uh, videos short and straight to the point so that you're not having to spend a whole lot of time uh, figuring out how to do things. My first one was how to tie a tie response I've gotten from that one. Like I had shared with you, it's resonating on a whole nother level because people are watching it and people maybe that don't have dads are watching it and they're writing me and telling me they've they were in tears just watching me just the emotion of maybe not having a dad and it's pretty cool it's just it, you know I thought I was going to show people how to do stuff <laughs> and it's resonating on a different level where people are just love to watch a dad teach them how to do something you know so it's been pretty rewarding and there's another thing my sister my younger sister she turned out really good after all the stuff we went, went through. I was talking to her about it because kind of revisiting this this whole thing. And she was sharing with me about her son. Unfortunately, she's divorced. And so she, her son, he was in tears trying to figure out how to tie a tie for prom. And you think of the emotions of that, not only the frustration of not knowing how to tie a tie, but not having, it's just, a, it was a reminder for him that his dad's not there. Right. And so it's just cool because it's, yeah, it's more than just showing people how to do stuff. So it's, it, it, anyway, that's kind of how it's turned out. But my daughter's been the driving force behind it. She's been wanting me to do this for quite a while. And so I really appreciate her. I got to give, give her the shout out for that. And she was the one that even reached out to you and mentioned it. So, and you know, I have to say how impressed I am with you, Justin, that you, you got right back to her. I mean, uh, I love it. You, you didn't even hesitate and said, let's do it. I mean, it was like within a half an hour, I think you reached right back out and said, let's have him on. So I do appreciate allowing me to share my story. Oh, completely, Rob. I mean, look, here's the deal. When I heard your story and your daughter reached out to me, the one thing that I immediately just kind of pinged on was the fact that you were helping other dads learn something or do something that their dad didn't do as an example for them. And let me just be kind of blunt for a minute, right? I mean, it, it's basic stuff like learning to tie a tie that every child should have their dad help them learn to do, right? And yet not every dad is there. Not a lot of kids grow up in a fatherless environment or have a disengaged dad. And so when I heard that, you know, it just it pinged that heartstring in me because it's a big part of the platform and the mission through Daddy Saturday is to help re-engage and reignite those dads who are physically present but just emotionally absent and get them doing the things like you're doing on Dad How Do I. 
And so it was an easy invite to have you on the show. I think what's also really inspiring for me is that when you look at some of the content and some of the tasks that you're teaching, it really fits into this concept of, as we talk about in Daddy Saturday, it's not about being your kid's hero, it's instead being their guide. And a big part of that guide scenario is recognizing when maybe you don't have a strength in an area or don't have expertise, and you have to go out and invite other men into your children's lives who can shape them, who can inform them, who can instruct them in some of those areas. And so, you know, you essentially are playing that role as guide in Dad, How Do I by showing other dads how to do things that they may not have ever had done for themselves, but that they really want to do for their kids. So, Rob, it was an easy ask because you fit into many of the core principles of what Daddy Saturday is all about. I'd love you to comment on that a little bit about being the guide. Clearly, your dad wasn't that for you. He wasn't even there in the first place. But you know, with your kids or now in this role that you're playing, do you see yourself as a guide? Were you a guide to your kids? I think absolutely. Yeah. That, I mean, I tried to, and <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and pretend I've always done everything right. Cause I, that wouldn't be real. It wouldn't be realistic. You know, I, I think uh, I've always tried to encourage them and I, like I had shared, I, you know, I never really wanted to be wealthy. And my big thing was to raise good kids and I'm in sales. That's what, what I do. I'm a bit of an introvert, but I saw sales as the opportunity to be able to have some flexibility with my schedule so that I was there for my kids, you know, because I think a lot of times we try to get ourselves quality time versus quantity time and, you know, that whole thing. But really the quality time happens because of the quantity time. I tried to spend as much time as I possibly could with my kids. And so, and I, I love what you talked about in your book where you're kind of just, I mean, making sure that you spend the time so that you're there for them. And then, uh, and I think it's important along the way because you put in that time and when they're young, especially, and you, you're kind of vulnerable to them. And I was always saying, you know, hey, God has placed me in charge. I'm accountable to God for what I do and how I raise you. And I'm not always going to do it right. And I'll, you know, if I blow it, I'm going to come back and admit it because I didn't want, you know, I didn't want them to think when they got older and they find out that, hey, dad isn't perfect. <laughs> you know, if I kept up this facade of being, you know, having it all together, that's just not real. And I think that causes rebellion when your kids get a little older and the mask is taken off and they are like, well, you know, so I think, and you had said in your book where you're just kind of, you're establishing that relationship when they're younger so that you can, when it gets into the tough years, you know, teen years, and I can pretend that was easy. That was hard, you know, to try to walk alongside them and they're being pulled every which way and try to help them understand that, hey, I'm here for you. I loved your story about the dad that put the letter in the glove box when his daughter got in an accident that, you know, hey, I love you. And, uh, you know, because if she's reading that, that means she's in a desperate situation and she's got to figure out what she's going to do. Love it. That was a great story. Well, that's, that that's, a, that's exactly question. right. I have tried to just walk alongside them and help them make good choices. And thankfully, you know, I, I talked to my son's out in Virginia and my daughter is married and she lives here now. She moved out to Tennessee and we basically talk every day. They call me and we talk and, you know, they have questions. And part of that was it, part of that, that has something to do with the, why I started the, the YouTube channel was because she said, I don't. There's a lot of my friends that don't have this. I'm so thankful that I'm able to call you and ask for advice on things. And how would you handle? 
I'm rambling here. So no, you're, not, you're not rambling at all. You just hit on something really, really important, Rob. And that's so cool because you conveyed what it actually means to be a guide to your kids because you've got you've got older kids that are grown and gone. And a lot of my listeners and a lot of listeners on this podcast have kids that are in the home and they have younger kids. And so, you know, one of the things I say is it's never too late to start engaging your kids. And you're clearly a testament of that. You've built a phenomenal relationship with your kids and you're still engaging them as, as adult children, right? And it's so important because that role of a father never ends. However, it does shift over time, which you just talked about. And I think that's where if you get good at playing the role of a guide to your kids when they're young, and you allow other men to come into their life and help shape them and mold them. And you know, you're not all things all the time to your kids, they see that you're you become a trusted resource. And when you do that, then your kids when they get older, they come back to you for that wise sage advice when they actually need you to be the guide the most. Because frankly, your kids at this age, they don't need you to be their hero. You are their hero. You always will be. You're their dad. They need you to be their guide. You know, they need that wise advice for major life decisions at this point. And the fact that you've built that relationship, you've got that ability now. And Rob, I think that's one of my biggest desires. It's also one of my biggest fears is that when my kids get older, and they're grown and gone, like, what does that relationship look like? And are they going to value me as that resource? Am I still going to be needed as their dad to be that guide? And you know, those building blocks for those later years start today when the kids are young and in the home. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, obviously, they're adults now. So it's, uh, it's <laughs> fairly easy, you know, and we just talk and we're, we become, you know, like you said, your, your relationship slowly changes, you know, over time, and you got to just kind of constantly reevaluate where they're at. And, you know, you can't treat a five year old like it, you know, you can't treat your 12 year old like a five year old, you got to constantly be reevaluating and seeing where they are and, and adjusting. And then now, truly, we've just become really good friends. We you know, we call on the phone and we laugh together and kind of, you know, we share, share stories and they've just become my good friend. You know, I mean, we're, I'm still helping them when they need it, but they're a couple of my best friends. So this is something I hear a lot from dads. And it's that when their kids are younger, they want to be their friend, but they also want to be their dad. And they have this constant kind of tension because they're like, well, if I discipline them or I come down too hard on them, then they may not, you know, quote unquote, like me, I'm doing air quotes here, like me anymore, or, you know, view me as their friend. And they, they're so worried about jeopardizing the relationship that sometimes they don't do the, the right role as dad. How did you manage that when your kids were growing up? Yeah, very carefully. <laughs> so that's a tough one. You know, you got to constantly, uh, yeah, I, 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 I it's kind of like the guide thing. Like I said, I always tried to, you know, my son was struggling with something. It's like, hey, if you don't want to do this, that's fine. You know, try to walk alongside him. But I, I was an encourager and tried to walk alongside him. But I, I you know, the, the whole thing about being their friend is that's tricky. That's, that's just a tough one. I think that, you know, each dad has to kind of figure that out for themselves. But I think you don't want to blur the lines between, hey, I'm your dad. We can joke around and all, but I am your dad. You have to have respect for me, you know, as a dad. And again, I'm accountable to God for what I'm doing here. So, you know, anyway. That's just a tough one, Justin. That's that's so hard. But I think it really is important to help kids understand that, no, you know, we've got certain roles. And for now, maybe later, as you start showing responsibility and all that, I can let the leash out a little bit. But then, you know, you start, you know, cause there's rights and there's privileges in, in a kid's life. There's certain things like cell phones or whatever, where kids think they have a right to it. No, 
that's a privilege. I'm sorry, that this is a privilege that I'm giving to you and you abuse it, taking it back. There's a lot of things like that, that you're making choices with your kids and just kind of walking alongside them and saying, hey, you know, I'm going to give you this responsibility. So there's consequences. You, you handle it well, I'll give you more responsibility. You don't handle it well, I'll take it back. You know, so there's some give and take as you're going along. Anyway, hopefully that answers your question. It, that's a tough one. I'd like to say I have the answers to that. I don't know. I'm just like everybody else trying to figure it out as, as I went along and and constantly evaluating myself to see if I'm handling things properly. And again, being vulnerable to your kids and asking for forgiveness when you do mess it up. Well, you clearly have humility, Gene, because you are such a humble person as you talk about this. And I just, I'm pulling out pearls and nuggets and just listening to you as a dad who's done it and clearly done it well, because the fruit that you've been able to bear through your children, the successful children you have now as adults, is clear evidence of how you did things right when they were coming up. And look, I mean, you've admitted it. I admit it all the time, right? You commented about that in my book. Like, I'm vulnerable and transparent. I mess up every day with my kids, and I'm not perfect, but I'm trying to get better. I'm striving to move forward every day. Movement equals momentum. And so we just keep trying to do better every day with my kids. But you said one key thing there at the end, which is that analysis. It's that evaluation. It's constantly looking at yourself as a dad and saying, you know, how did I do today? Did I lose my temper? Did I get angry? Did I say the wrong thing? Did I put my child as friend over being their dad, right? Whatever it is you're struggling with and just having those conversations with yourself. And then also, you know, I don't know if you ever did this, but finding accountability, frankly, is really important, right? And, and having other men or your wife or other people in your life who can help hold you accountable to a higher standard because we also tend to put blinders on in terms of ourself and you know that can be an issue. So look, the evidence is there. You've done an amazing job and I appreciate you sharing some of those nuggets and wisdom from your kids and your role as a parent in their life. So let me ask you a last question and this is kind of a See, it's a deeper question, but it's just something to think about because you know your story, it still intrigues me. And I'm sorry putting this at the end. I probably should have positioned it at the beginning. But as I was thinking more about it and just listening to you talk, you know, there's this concept of epigenetics, which is basically that you have been given more than just the DNA your parents have passed down to you. You're a product of your environment, the circumstances, even diet, right? And this can go back three or four generations. It's biblically based, in fact, and it's scientifically proven now in the study of epigenetics. And so much of epigenetics is that when you look at your past, that impacts your present. What from your past is impacting your present? And what do you want to take with you into your future? And you know, I would have to imagine someone with your background, Rob, that you had to have looked a lot into your past and from your dad and your environment growing up with basically without a father, without parents altogether, being responsible for yourself. How did that shape your present when you were raising your kids? And then how did you make the decision to say, I don't want this for my family. I want far more than that. That led to the, the future, which you've now given your, your children and your family. Wow. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a lot to digest. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess when I was younger, I didn't want that for my kids. And I knew at the time, I guess I, I just had it. I just ingrained it in my head that how painful it was at the time that I just didn't want that for my kid. And so I never, never kind of wavered from that, I guess. And so, and, and there's times where things are difficult, you know, with not only your kids, but with your wife, you know, I mean, we, we've been married 29 years and I'm not going to say that it was always easy, but, but my goal was always, we're sticking together. We're going to get through this and we got to do whatever we can to fight through this it's just too, it's too important. And I, you know, I, I have to, again, go back to my Christian faith. God has been so amazing with that, 
being able to keep me grounded. And, you know, I do my best to re- read my Bible every day, not because I'm earning points, but because I need the wisdom. So that Amen to that. Stay on task. I'll tell it to people, hey, you know, you really should try reading your Bible. And, you know, it can come across like, ah, yeah, it's another thing for me to do. No, no, you're missing out. You know, that's not what I mean. It's not, and you need it. This is, uh, anyway. Well, that's that's a key point, right? And that as you examined your past, you applied that against the Bible, is what I'm hearing you say, and the wisdom that you garnered from God's Word and the Bible certainly helped shape your fatherhood and the role that you wanted to play and how that you wanted it to be different. And, you know, I, I'm the yeah. exact same way. And I think that it's amazing. That's why that principle of fatherhood should not be done in isolation is so critical. And that just doesn't mean that your earthly relationship with other people is also connected. You need to be connected to the source, which when you're connected to God as a father, then it all stems from that point. And then when you make mistakes, it's so much easier to ask for forgiveness. When you deviate off the path, it's so much easier to get back because you've got a a true north, you've got a guiding principle, and you've got God's word you can always come back to. So awesome to hear that that's a part of your mix as to why uh, you are the father you are today, why you were the father you were to your kids or are to your kids as they were growing up. And uh, Rob, I just got so much respect for you. It's so awesome to hear uh, your story. So last question I'd ask you is if you could leave the audience with anything, maybe something we didn't get into or didn't have time to discuss on the podcast here today, uh, what would that be or any parting words from Rob Kenny? Yeah, I, I had listened to some of your podcasts. The one question that you were asking about what would you name a boat and I thought you know I thought about that for quite a while and the quote by uh Teddy Roosevelt the man in the arena are you familiar with that oh yeah yeah <laughs> I kind of figured you were you would be but that would be my parting words and I actually printed it out here and in- I was hoping I might have an opportunity to read it because it's so powerful. Because it, it, you know, it's so easy to be a critic. It's so easy to sit on the sidelines and tell people, "Ah, you should do this. Ah, or you should do that." Well, you know what? Get in the arena, and then maybe you can, <laughs> you can tell me what I should be doing. So, it, yeah, if I could just read that, that would be a beautiful thing. That, I would love to have right? you do that. So, close us out with some Teddy Roosevelt. All right. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there's no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Mm, So good. Well, you got me emotional too. So awesome, Rob. Thank you so much for sharing, for joining us today. Wisdom from a father who's been there, who's clearly done it right. I encourage everybody to go check out Rob's YouTube channel, Dad, How Do I? And check out the great wisdom he's bringing to the world through that channel as well. As always, Rob, thanks for joining and thanks for tuning in to the audience. Be intentional, be engaged, and make it a great Daddy Saturday. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Daddy Saturday podcast. Be sure to subscribe to join me and thousands of other fathers on the journey of raising good kids to become great adults. And be sure to check out daddysaturday.com for our latest resources, content, and epic ideas for how you can be a more intentional and engaged father. And we'll see you here on the next episode of the Daddy Saturday podcast. Thanks for listening.